Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. On today's podcast, I have Matthew Lee. He has always had an entrepreneur spirit, and since he could remember, he is currently a business coach and advisor to small to medium-sized founder-led companies. He leverages 20-plus years in the in-the-trenches experiences in B2B sales, real estate investing, and mortgages to help clients achieve success inside and outside their business. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Matthew. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, dude. Uh, we connected before at another event, a uh, live slash virtual event, and I had a really good time rapping with you, man. We went back and forth. We went super deep on like mindsets and topics and all over the gamut. So I really enjoyed just having a conversation with you. So I figured I'd have a, a, a public online conversation with you now. Definitely. Definitely. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, to, to kick things off here, we talked about being a coach and you know and helping businesses and small and going into like the in the sales side of things can you talk to me just a little bit about your journey that led you uh into becoming a coach um for these small to medium-sized businesses yeah i would say man a lot of it i think came on by accident so i've always been kind of like a business student for myself like going out to business conferences I mean, I go back to starting my real estate company back in 2002. I probably hired my first business coach in 2003. And from my background playing basketball all the way up to the division one level in college, it never occurred to me that somebody would start a business and not have a coach. So I couldn't help myself, but kind of bring that same mentality to business. So whether it was just having a conversation in the hallway at a networking event or, you know, just talking to a, a you know, friend who's got their business going. For me, my mind is always working, like finding, hey, how can they be the best that they can be in their business? Almost like being a teammate on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. And sadly, I think that, you know, the way we see ourselves is different from, you know, how others might see us. And I didn't know that that was unique or different, but I kind of look back to some of the experiences I had with great basketball coaches and my best basketball coaches were the ones that saw stuff inside of me that I couldn't see inside of myself and they helped me unlock it. So I feel like that's kind of what led me into this is when I saw people who I felt like, you know, were struggling, but I'm sitting there like in my mind, I can see like, all right, just go two inches to the left, one inch to the right. And just in that process, I've seen people just, you know, get unstuck, have wins, have successes. And to me, it was never like a business. It was just simply me trying to help people. And then from there, I realized that there's an opportunity here. And, you know, from one conversation to another, eventually people have kind of like pulled me off of the sideline and actually got me in the trenches with them actually coaching their business. So that's kind yeah. of my story with regards to how that began. Huh. Well, I think you kind of added to a piece of that, which is around like, you know, what is the value of having a coach? What is the value of you know, when people, I think some people go into business and they go to these places, they don't actually have anybody that's got their back, but you know, what are the, you know, being able to see things inside of you? I mean, what are the keys like mindset and skill sets that coaches really bring to helping level up people? So I start kind of with my, my own experience of having great coaches. 
And while I like to think that, you know, I brought the right level of intensity, I put the right amount of work and discipline in, all those things were true, but having a coach has actually given me more structure, more framework, and I'm also taking advantage. So they may have 20 years experience plus on me. They have already gone through you know, certain pitfalls in their business. They have a whole network. So for me, I'm literally like collapsing the time frame that it would take me trying to figure something out on my own and taking somebody else who's already you know, developed their own map or playbook. And they're allowing me to basically install those same plays inside of my business. So that's, to me, how I look at it. It's kind of like a the closest thing you can get to a shortcut. I don't necessarily feel like you can, you know, shortcut doing the work. But when you have somebody there that's guiding you so that you don't take too far of a detour off the pathway or you don't get yourself stuck working on things that are not really having um, the impact that you you know want to have in your business. I think the coach is the person who can give you that, you know, comfort. Whereas I think in business, we have a tendency to kind of get emotionally attached to the things that we're doing. And so it's harder for us to probably see certain things that, you know, we want to succeed much more than it really matters to the end goal that we're shooting for. So that's kind of been my experience in my own journey from an athlete to a business person. Mm-hmm. And now I see that opportunity when I sit down with people is really to basically you know, give them a snapshot from a different perspective and allow them to see things that they're not obviously seeing. And one of the um, best analogies I give people is like, if you could see your business like I could see it, you would already be most likely where you want to be. So mm-hmm. having somebody else that's been there, done that, gone through s- certain challenges, they're going to help you to really get yourself unstuck. And what I found too is that it is very uncomfortable. Like we are like creatures of habit. So quite naturally you've done something and you found like comfort in it. Now this whole other level of business exists in order to get to that level, you've got to be able to give up what's been so comfortable and what has worked up to this point sometimes in order to get to that next level. And it's very uncomfortable. So it's hard for somebody to have that shift mentally. And I think as a coach, I'm able to really appeal to what their goals are and helping them to have that shift. Yeah, it's interesting because everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Mm -hmm. Right. So everybody wants to level up. Everybody wants that new life. Everybody wants those new thingy things, but they don't want to go through the effort of actually having to let go of who they are to get to where they want to go. And so Mm -hmm. how do you help people see that when someone says, oh, I really I want to blow up my business. I want to I want to stop this thing or I want to, you know, have a brand new relationship with my wife or whatever it might be. How do you help them get over the the dying, the death of their ego to get from where they're at to where they want to go? That's a really good question. Um, I think every situation is different. And so to really um, help someone, I've got to really get familiar with them them like get you know really connect with them at a deep enough level to understand you know that they there's trust there and then when i say that too like i've been able to go deep enough in my own journey to understand like you know the discomfort of being vulnerable and admitting certain things that man if i'm being honest with myself like i don't really want to tell you that you know my business is way more messed up than it looks on the surface 
But in reality, I need that type of you know transparency because otherwise, what do you need me for? Like, you don't need me. You're successful already. Like, I almost need that person to literally open up to the point of them understanding, you know, why they need me. What are they really struggling with? And it has to make sense to me. If it doesn't make sense to me, I'm just going to say, look, I don't see it. I think you're doing fine. For the most part, um, that to me is really for them to have their own like awareness level. And sadly, a lot of my failures in business has come when I didn't have that awareness level. So when I was in denial, when I just you know had these blinders on and I was going to succeed no matter what, really, it didn't matter if I would have had the best coach in the world approach me most more than likely until I got to the point that I realized I had a problem. I wouldn't have been successful. And that, that was the hardest pill to swallow. Yeah. Can you talk to me about a time that you maybe didn't want to be vulnerable, but then you were vulnerable and by being vulnerable, it helped you kind of take that brave step forward and kind of get to the next level with anything, whether it's with <laughs> basketball or your business or any of the other types of places. Cause I, I think a lot of people, they talk about it in kind of esoteric kind of mm, ambiguous terms, but I think practical, tactical mm -hmm. examples are something to really show people that it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Any examples that come well, to mind? Yeah. Oh man, plenty, plenty, plenty. No, um, for me, I think one of the things that comes to mind just is, um, you know, I can remember one day standing in court, and uh, at this point, I had been served a lawsuit. I was not able to defend that lawsuit, and then was uh, rendered with a judgment for over two hundred thousand dollars, and I literally had to show up to court and do a discovery of assets. And at this point, I don't have any assets. I really don't have any income to pay this lawsuit. But, you know, by law, I got to show up to court and I have to, you know, look a judge in the eye. I have to basically bear everything on a table while the, you know, plaintiff is deciding, which was at this time a bank that I had just a business with you know, almost over 10 years ago, their attorney is looking over my, you know, assets, trying to figure out a way for their client to get paid this money that I have no way of paying them. And I think it's in that moment, I'm just like, you know, that's where I was at. Like, no matter what, there was no denial of where I was at in that moment. Yet there have been plenty of years between that time when that bad deal had gone south and hit the rock bottom till that time when I got to that point. But I think it was at that point that, you know, I began to kind of come to grips with that. And in coming to grips with that, I was really gaining power and strength in that situation because before it was almost like I was trying to like avoid, you know, this situation, you know, talking to attorneys about whether to file bankruptcy. And I ultimately just made a decision that, you know what, I'm not going to file bankruptcy. That would be an easier way out. But for me and who I want to become, like this is a situation I need to hit head on. And if they're able to, you know, come to me with a, a plan and offer me uh, a way to pay them, I'm willing to pay them. But at this point, they need to accept where I'm at. And man, I would say that that, that was definitely like one of those moments where very uncomfortable. I'm in the uh, courtroom by myself. <laughs> um, you know, you take that long journey uh, downtown Chicago, get on the elevator, go up and you're talking in front of a judge, all these different experiences. Yet in that same moment, realizing that I've had tons of success. You know, I've had so many moments where, you know, whether it's hitting a game when it's shot on the basketball court and only to realize like look at where i'm at now but also accepting that as just being one point and milestone along the journey and it's almost like 
beginning to imagine, you know, what life is going to be like when I can look back on the moment and celebrate and be like, man, it's kind of crazy how I felt in that moment. But man, it seems so small now. So it was almost like not necessarily getting power from because when I think of being vulnerable, I think of I'm very vulnerable to people and then I can connect with them better. And then I have the ability to be able to have some sort of connection with them or something that gave me power in the, in the areas of by being vulnerable, I was actually able to form a better connection with somebody else. That, that was kind of my frame of the way I was thinking about it. Okay. But you went, you, went, you went down a different route. Your route that you went down was by being vulnerable and putting it out there and being laying bare, right? Putting all your assets on the table and having them see it. You, you no longer could hide, right? There was no there was no dark corner and there was no almost like the fear sort of kind of went away because you were able to say, you know, this is the, the worst of the situation, laying my assets out, showing where everything's at. And so you almost had a moment where you kind of, it sounded like, sounds like to me, you had a moment where you could have a moment of acceptance, a moment where you could say, this is what is, and I'm going to look back on this later on and, and, and I'm not going to die from this. I'm going to be okay. Is that what was going on? Was that the kind of the emotional evolution as you're progressing through that? Yeah. Well, when you say uh, acceptance, I would think it's just really just taking ownership and accepting mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. Well, I think in the, you know, again, in, in all the solutions I was looking at, it's almost like I wanted some answer that would make me feel better about the truth. When in reality, like just owning the truth and moving forward was the absolute best answer. And as much as I could have made it sound better, the truth was the truth and keep it moving. And in that process, I did that. And as uncomfortable as it was, the situation worked out. It worked out to my benefit. And it kind of, you know, this journey kind of like began unfolding for me. And the way I've looked at this journey, when I look back over the past, it's probably been like seven years since that happened, is um, I've boiled it all down to what I call the foundational frame. And the way I describe that is your foundational frame in life is how you look at the world. And it's that focus of that foundational frame that creates your feelings. And so for me, I learned to say to myself that, you know, what if the worst thing that ever happened to you was the best thing that happened for you? So in those very tough, difficult moments, it allows me to reflect on all those difficult times where I felt like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be completely impossible to bear. It's gonna be impossible to go through. But yet when I stop and I shift my focus and say, well, what if this moment, just like the other ones that seemed like they were so unbearable, what if these moments were shaping me and molding me and actually they were helping me so that I would now be able to go on and achieve even more than what I could have imagined, you know, before the situation. So that's kind of how I've been kind of like, you know, carrying those experiences forward and really getting, you know, momentum, um, getting power from it and, you know, sharing that like frame with people like, okay, that sounds pretty terrible, but hmm, have you ever considered like, what if this thing that you think is so terrible, so difficult is actually going to be something that you look back on and just appreciate and are grateful for. And uh, when you talk about being vulnerable and connecting, me going through these experiences, these you know terrible, difficult, uncomfortable experiences, what I found is that it helped me to relate to just regular, what I would cons have considered regular people. 
because now when I, you know, interact with people who are going through something difficult, you know, I might go back to that moment. I might go back to the moment of getting on the elevator at the, you know, federal court building and, you know, being there on, on that elevator by myself, so to speak, and feeling like, man, I have no clue what's going to happen here and feeling so uncomfortable and, you know, not wanting to stand up in that courtroom and go face a judge. But on the other hand, you know, walk up out of there with my dignity, be able to go talk to the plaintiff's attorney, have a conversation. It is what it is. And eventually have that attorney email me a few weeks later and say, you know, my client no longer wants to pursue this matter. And I'm sitting there like, it was that simple. Yeah. How do you discover, you talk about the foundational frame, how do you become aware of it? So, so it sounds like the foundational frames around the narrative, like what is it that you're telling yourself or mm -hmm. like how do you discover the foundational frames and then are you able to shift the foundational frames and, and how does that, what does that process look like? Yeah, well, I mean, just how we met, we met through an event with Warrior. Mm -hmm. I began the journey of uh, going through therapy, just trying to uncover, you know, how, to, how the heck did I get here? Why are things not working? And then inside of Warrior, them teaching me the process of using what they call the stack, which to me, the way I would describe the stack to somebody who's not familiar with it is almost like a conversation with yourself, just asking mm -hmm. questions. And so, yeah, I would describe the foundational frame is what is the, you know, first off, here's the feeling that I have and ultimately, why does people why do people do anything? They do it because of how they feel or how that thing is going to make them feel. When you peel back the layer of that feeling, it is the foundational frame that that is the story that creates their focus. So whatever they're focusing on in that situation, I could be focusing on the attorney across the you know courtroom from me. I could be focusing on the judge. I could be focusing on my family. There's so many different things that I could be focusing on. I could be focusing on how much I feel like a failure in this moment. I could be focusing on so many different things, but whatever I decide to focus on is going to ultimately create the feeling, the feeling of power, the feeling of weakness. Um, and that's what I realized was at any given moment, that is the one thing that we have power over. We don't have power over the weather. We don't have power over the traffic. We don't always have power over how much money is in our bank account, but we do have the power over that frame of how we frame that situation and the narrative that we give it. And uh, man, it, it really was like a full circle moment because um, for me, I could have never given a name to what that you know was. But to me, that was something I've been utilizing since I was a kid. Like being, you know, almost feeling uh, powerless in many moments of situations, it was my ability to see something bigger that was going to be able to come from some very tough, you know, dark situations. Um, and so, you know, having that ability to kind of reconnect to that and just be like, wait, I've been there before. Like, I made it through tougher situations when I had fewer resources, less knowledge, less experience. Like, this is nothing. Now, again, that's the, the frame that I'm creating you know, shifting that, that frame. Yeah. It is funny how oftentimes the, the worst nights or the worst experiences of our lives are something that allows us to draw leverage on and go, well, it's not as bad as that. And I've had multiple times in my, my business life, had times in my uh, spiritual life, I'd had experiences that were hellacious. And then at the time it sucked, right? It sucked. And so 
being able to go back at that. I mean, I remember back in the day when I had a food truck business and I had one of the hardest nights ever. And it was just the worst experience of just getting started. And then everything else was a barometer to that one experience. I go, well, it's not as bad as that. And then I always had that as a, I guess you call it a foundational frame of if I can survive that, I can survive this. And so I've, I've been able to deal with it. And so it's, it's interesting how the, the, the shittiest of experiences can be a gift that you can draw upon again and again and again. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really fascinating. And then when you're talking about this, like, um, mindset that you have around the foundational frames and your focus, right. And be able mm -hmm. to refocus. Right. So how do you, uh, for yourself, when you, when you're gaining awareness, you gain awareness on it and then you, do you realize that you're focusing on it? And then, then do you shift that? Do you, are you asking questions like, well, what if, or what are the questions you ask yourself to shift from one focus to another focus? Well, I, like I, at first, I think in life, I created what I called it. Uh, I called it at first flipping your perception mm. because literally it's like, if you're in a situation where you absolutely feel like you have no options, like you're dead in the water. So my immediate like instinct has always been, there's gotta be a way to get out of the situation. So now that puts me in a state of resourcefulness. And actually another moment that comes to mind, is kind of funny is that in college, it was like the summer before my freshman year, I was invited to become a counselor at Michael Jordan's basketball camp because my assistant coach played at the college that hosts his camp. And his college coach invited him to have some of his players come down. I had like literally gotten all packed, ready to go walk out the door. And I just set my alarm. I'm going to get a little bit of sleep. I stayed up really late that night and I, you know, woke up late. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, the bus is going to leave like right now. I won't be able to make it to the student center where I need to catch the bus because I had the resourcefulness. I mean, most people are like, oh man, I'm done. I missed, I missed it. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to get to camp. Because of my resourcefulness level, I said, all right, where do I need to begin running to that that bus is going to have to go by in order for me to flag down that bus? I literally, you know, with my bag in hand, ran to like the intersection that, that bus would have to go through from the student center, flagged that bus down. That bus stopped. It didn't have to stop, but it stopped because of that, you know, intensity and focus that I had. And I got on that bus. And mm -hmm. that is just one particular example. But from that, you know, you know, ability to flip the perception in every single moment, be like, there's, there's always a solution. There is a solution to every single problem. Like, again, you might have that moment where you're like, all right, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I'm almost, like, I'm almost picturing Ferris Bueller's day off. I don't know if you remember that movie from back in the day where he's running through the backyard and he's just trying to make it home before the, the parents get home or something like that. And that's what yeah. I'm picturing. There's a level of intensity that you need to have in order to make something happen. We feel just because like, we put in effort, you know, I, it didn't happen. And it's like, oh, well, I was doomed to make it happen that way or whatever. But there's a certain level of intensity that can only solve problems where it goes from like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, no, this will happen. I will catch this bus. I will do this thing. And that was almost like a, a certainty in your mind is this became from like a should to a must. How do you, for yourselves, have you been able to actually like recognize oh right now i'm trying to achieve a result i'm trying to achieve a goal but right now it's more of a should it's a should it's not really a must have you how do you shift things from shoulds to musts is there a way that you you do that yeah well like i said having that stack has really been a powerful tool i think 
in my days of doing going through that process, I've probably done at least four or no, 500 of those. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really, you know, seek in myself when I'm running into like a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm bullshitting, you know, yeah. I really got to get clear, like, what exactly do I want? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And if I'm not really clear on why am I doing it, then I'm going to find every reason to avoid doing what I know I need to do. And sometimes the conclusion of that reflection is, you know what, this isn't exactly what I want, or this isn't necessarily a thing I should be focusing on right now in this moment. And so I'm able to get clarity around what should be my focus. And that gives me, you know, the comfort of knowing that, yeah, I'm not bullshitting, but I'm not clear. And once you get that, now I can reshift my foundational frame from Matthew's bullshitting to, you know what? No, I am taking the steps that I'm capable of taking right now. I might want to run. I might want to jump. I might want to even dunk a basketball. But right now, if I'm disabled, I can't do that. So all I can focus on doing is doing the rehab, getting the rest, getting the recovery. And that's it. And then you go, okay, am I doing that? I am. Okay, cool. You're doing everything that you can do. And uh, why put yourself in this you know, feeling of disempowerment? Because you're not doing what you would like to do at some point in the future when mm-hmm. you're not able to do it right now. Yeah. And it's interesting how we have a thing that happens with we often more want to be right than get what we want. So many times it's like it's about mm-hmm. being right. And we will, you know, wreck a relationship, get into a fight or, you know, burn a bridge or do whatever it is to be right over going, okay, okay, what is it that I want? And who do I need to be to get what I want? And that's a really big challenge for, I think, a lot of people and, you know, myself included was just, how do you identify, is this something that my, my ego is telling me that I want to be right because I want to be right? Or is this something that is actually going to serve me to get me what I want? What's more important? Because you can't have both. You can either be what you can either be right or you can get what you want, but you can't necessarily have both. Right. And that's an, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing to recognize when you're in that state and be able to shift that, that mindset from a to B. Mm-hmm. So, um, with, you know, what you're doing here, I, I, one of the things you have on your things in terms of coaching is around, uh, sales, right. B2B sales, which sales is always tough, right? It's one of the very few occupations and it's one of the few things that, a lot of jobs, it's kind of clock in, clock out. Show up, you do the work, you get a paycheck, you leave. Uh, sales is one of the few places, it's it's kind of like old school hunting, right? There's ga- hunting and gathering is that if you don't make a kill, you don't eat. It's a very it's a very hard space to be in. So how have you taken the mindset and the things you've learned and, and brought it into the area of sales? Well, I mean, I think that you just presented a really great example I mean, if I heard the way you describe sales, like I would never want to sell in my life. <laughs> like for real, like who who would want to go take that job? Like shit, it's hard. Ooh, that's fair. Um, on the other hand, no, I don't think of it as that. And actually, mm-hmm. I think that whenever you're at your best, you're selling. Mm-hmm. So whenever you've accomplished something amazing in your life, and I'm sure you've accomplished many of them in our previous conversations, just from the things you told me. And I bet you if I go back to one of those situations and have you describe to me what you were doing in that moment when you achieved success, you were selling. And so when you take yourself back to that and I go, how hard was it for you to sell yourself on doing this right here to achieve this result? And I go, 
would you do it again? You can be like, hell yeah. And I'm gonna be like, okay, cool. So again, where's your focus need to be right now in this moment when you go out and sell now? And really what you wanna do is identify like, what were you focusing on that got you so excited to overcome that obstacle in that previous success? And how do we shape your focus right now to focus on that? Because if you feel like sales is hard, it's obviously because of what you're focusing on. And so when you when somebody says that to me, I already know like that's their frame. Okay, mm -hmm. sales is hard. Why is it hard? And then I'm gonna uncover their story and I'm like, oh, okay, damn, okay, the way you put it like that, yeah, you're right. So they're I'm gonna let them be right. You're right. But the point is, I'm appealing to their ego, you're right. And then I always want to crack the door open and say, hmm, would you be open to the possibility that you might be wrong? And I'm mm. I'm trying to just see where their flexibility is with their frame. Like if that's your frame, you're sticking to it. Well, keep your keep your frame, keep your results. But if you're open to the possibility, and this is something that I've you know really learned, you know, to really use that phrase, like, am I open to the possibility that I might be wrong? Like if if I want to stay where I'm in, I am, let me just be right all the freaking time. But if what I'm doing right now is not getting me the, the result that I want, hmm, I, I think I might be wrong about what I was thinking. Hmm. And so now I'm able to open up the door to consider new possibilities. I'm going to be open to consider, you know, new perspectives that I wasn't considering before. And I think that's the most challenging thing is that when we talk about confidence, when we talk about certainty, we think of it from the standpoint of like, knowing the right answer and what i would challenge people to do is stop focusing on knowing the right answer and just really understand um you know how success really works and if you really begin to uncover and unravel success most of the time success doesn't is not you know created from knowing like getting everything right in fact 99 percent of success is actually getting it wrong and then uncovering what you learned in the process and then taking that lesson and applying it going forward but unfortunately, because of the way we look at success in a movie, like it's crossing a finish line, it's getting on the, the you know metal stand to get your gold medal. We fail to look at the process, you know, Steph Curry's process of being a little kid and just barely getting the ball up to the rim. We mm. fail to see the, you know, just hitting layups. Instead, all the kid sees is Steph Curry's pulling up like two feet in front of the half court line and hitting three and turning around before the ball even hits the rim or hits the net. That is the problem. We're focused on the wrong thing and we need to understand and uncover and be more curious about the process of success. And when we do that, that's where we're gonna find the answer. And the answer is not necessarily, again, like one specific thing. The answer lies in being curious and understanding the process. And when you have that down, you can get the the answers that you need to get in that particular situation. Mm. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I think sales is interesting to me just because it's a performance-based situation. It's something that actually you have to achieve. It's something you have to go out and, and create and manifest. And you're right. If, if you're in a situation where you have a lot of conviction, where you absolutely believe the thing is a thing, for me, that's one of the best tools to be able to actually sell is in the thing where you deeply believe that a thing is a thing and it's super useful, then you know you're just giving a gift away to somebody, which is which is an incredible place. Well, let me ask you this question. Like, let's 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 you know box it up a second. Like, what is it? Um, 
you know, going using yourself as a reference, mm-hmm. like what has been that that difference between, you know, the situations where you felt like, oh man, this is so tough when you sell, and what has been the situations where selling just opened up and it seemed like effortless. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it comes around for me personally is when I when I deep believe when I deeply believe in a thing, right? And I have access and I know that I'm a perfect fit for whatever it is that someone's doing, right? So if my you know, my areas is, is is depending on what the thing is, I'm I'm very good at my you know the worlds I'm in is virtual reality and human behavior change and transformation and stuff like that. So when you come and it seems to fit that right fit for what I do, it's like it's it's a slam dunk. It's easy because this is one of the things that I excel at. It's my quote unquote zone of genius and something that I live by and I'm very I'm very excited about. But if I'm trying to push something that I don't really believe in, not really into, and or whatever it might be, then it gives me all those weird sensations, right? The the feelings mm-hmm. of uncomfortableness, right? Which is, I'm sure there's those, as you're talking about it, foundational frames that are being shaken because it's not something that I'm, I'm fully have a lot of conviction behind. And and yeah. I think we feed off of conviction. Yeah, definitely. No, um, and, I, and I've had some challenging moments selling things that I wasn't really as convicted or passionate about. Mm-hmm. What I decided in that moment, and this might help some people as far as like, how can you reframe that? is mm-hmm. I looked at it as who do I get to become in this moment? And I looked at it more as an opportunity versus, you know, the situation where like, oh, I'm passionate about this. Because here's the thing. There's so many times in life where you're going to have to do something that you have no passion doing, but it's going to help you become the person you want to become. Talk to the athlete that has to get up at dark 30 in the morning. Anybody who's a high level athlete, they know exactly what it's like to go to bed early when everybody else is having a great time, get up before everybody else is finished sleeping and be out on that training field, putting in the work. Like you can't sit up here and stare people in the face like, oh yeah, I'm passionate about doing that. Like, no, there wasn't one of my teammates that was passionate going out and running around a track to prepare to play basketball. There wasn't anybody who was passionate about it, but it was that commitment to do the thing that you didn't feel like doing that helped you to stay in the game even when you're down and you might be, you know, out of the reach of the way, you know, of the score that most people think that, you know, all right, this game is over. How many times have you, you know, gone through those moments and then turned around and figured out a way to win? Like that's where the opportunity lies is in going through those difficult moments and realizing that, you know, what if this thing that might be the worst thing that could happen to me right now, maybe the best, how could it be the best thing that's happening for me? And so, again, I'm bringing it back to those, you know, foundational frames that I've been able to create and establish, because when I say that now, I didn't have those words to attach to it then, but I can take people back. Like even when I, you know, we talk teammate talk, you know, you you talk to your old teammates, like we always, you know, just light up when we think of some of those games where it's like, how the heck did we win that game? But mm-hmm. it was just like, we did first of all, we didn't, you know, give in to this idea that the game was over. We just went out there and we played one play at a time. But every play that we played, we still, you know, opened up. We we just had the door cracked. Like, what if? Like, what if we can win this game and then make one play and then attach it to the next play and the next play and the next play? And it's like a little domino. Yeah. What's crazy about that, you mentioned, who do I need to become in order to get the result that I want? And that's an identity shift. And it's in identity shifts can be a challenge because there's, there's one thing to say, Oh, I'm a, 
I'm invincible. I'm a superhero. I'm a <laughs> insert the thing that you insert it. But there's yeah. one thing to pay lip service. There's another thing to have it penetrate your soul, right? Mm -hmm. Go down to the depths and be able to affect that change in your heart and mind and spirit. And so, you know, when you talk about who do I need to become in order to get the result that I want, you know, how do you create that identity change? I think identity changes, you know, uh, uh, someone that's uh, out of shape, then they view themselves as someone being uh, an athlete or, you know, mm -hmm. insert that, that because there's that super superficial layer of saying the thing versus actually deeply, deeply believing it. Right. So how do yeah. you get to that deep belief level? Yeah. So I'm going to say this, that I wish I could give you like the correct answer. Like, Oh, all you gotta do is this. And I would say that it's very challenging, especially when you start to describe the, what I hear you describing, I would say generally, I'm not even that ambitious to want to take on that person that really, really, really struggles because more uh -huh. than likely the, what I hear you describing is someone who's probably struggled with identity their whole life. So mm -hmm. what I found successful works for me is that I'm dealing with somebody who's had success at several different stages and places in their life. So now I'm not dealing with somebody who's never, you know, had success and they've their whole life been basically fighting to stay in the box of identity that other people have most likely created for them. Most of the times I've dealt, like when I look at um, a good candidate that I like working with is somebody who's had an athletic background or experience. They've had, you know, experience and they've excelled in like an organization like the military or in a corporate job. So now they know what it feels like to succeed. They know how to win. Maybe they've excelled in the classroom. They know how to compete. They just might be in a situation where they've, you know, forgotten it. They've lost focus. And so I've identified that it's easy to get people to tap into that. Now, I'm taking nothing away from anybody who understands how to work with people that, you know, only had one identity and it's never been that identity of a winner. I'll take my hat off to that person every single day. But in business, what I am doing that's different from, you know, clients that I work with is, and I think is unique is, I help them find uh, momentum, but the way that I do that is first, um, you know, they got to get uncomfortable. The first thing is you're going to be uncomfortable. Then I'm going to help them find comfort in things that they already are successful at doing or good at doing. And then from there, they're going to get confidence from that confidence. They're going to be able to create momentum. And from that momentum, that's kind of when somebody can scale. But I think the question you're posing, while I, you know, appreciate it. I'm almost like at some levels, I'm like, hey, that's, <laughs> I tell that person, hey, go to Tony Robbins. Oh, you know, hey, join Wake Up Warrior. Um, yeah. I'm not that ambitious. And, and again, there's a part of me that, hey, I'm always going to try something potentially. Like mm -hmm. I might make an attempt, but I don't know if every single battle is worth winning. So mm -hmm. I appreciate Like you might be, on the other hand, more ambitious. You might be more optimistic. But me, I'm gonna like say, man, good luck. I, I mean, I'll give you <laughs> like I'll give you my most amazing idea and thought. Like if I were you, so let me give you this frame too. Sure. So uh, one of the things that I tell young people or any anybody for that matter is I call it the million dollar question. So anytime you get the opportunity to sit down with somebody who's more successful than you or somebody who's already achieved what you want to achieve in life, which that's one of the key things I tell people to do is go find people who've already accomplished what you want to accomplish. And I, I tell them, you know, here's the million dollar question. One, be able to articulate where you're at right now in your life. 
and then also articulate where you're looking to go and then ask that person if you were me what would you do to get to this goal or target and now it's almost like you're sitting down at a chessboard and you're watching a chess you know master look at you know your side of the board and literally show you the exact chess moves to make in order to win that game now that's probably what i would tell that person to do and again it doesn't rely on my expertise i would say you know i've never been in your situation like i always like to try to you know be completely transparent like man that's a tough situation like i'm not even gonna sit up here and try to give you some optimism and hope if somebody's got a tough situation you know i um i just but i tell them like what i would do and part of what i do is i would go find the person who can best help them that's been through the same situation so mm. How, you know, how does that answer your question? Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, identity shifts are really hard. And some people win in one area they struggle in. They're amazing at business, but they struggle with their body or, or whatever the thing might be. One of the best ways is to be able to see a path. Because sometimes when they, people feel hopeless, they're like, well, I'm this way. I've always been this way. I have a, a, a brother of mine who was very, very mm, obese, let's just say. And something happened a couple of years ago where he flipped the corner, put everything away and worked out every day since he is the most in shape, the most ripped, the most buff, the most everything. And he just had this crazy identity change. And I'm just so curious to see what happened, right? Somehow there was a, there was a, a, a switch that flipped. And I'm really curious about that because I think our bodies are super adaptable. We can become and do anything. Okay. Maybe I can't dunk. Right. That might be a thing for me. I'm not I'm not super tall. I'm like five, seven. So I know I know you've got some height on me and I can't do that. Maybe that's at, at a certain level. But our ability to adapt to situations are incredible. But we're also creatures of comfort, creatures, of habits, creatures of, of patterns. But if you can see someone go, I used to be where you are and now I'm where you want to be. And then you follow them on the path. That's the whole thing hmm. of the hero's journey. The whole thing about the hero's journey is an ordinary person sets off on an extraordinary adventure along the way they get a mentor that teaches them and guides them on the path until that person achieves their result and then becomes the mentor for other people to follow on the path later right that's as humanity constantly giving layups to the next generation behind them right and that's mm -hmm. how this whole game works so I agree with you on that part and it is right you, you do you want the easy ones you want the easy layups where you say okay give me someone who's coachable all right, if there are seven, I'll bring them to an eight. You know, if there are eight, I'll bring them to a nine. I don't want to take ones and try to bring them to tens because there's a huge chance of failure because there's so many things you've got to get through. And I have done coaching on hard mode. I have done, you know, coaching coaching where kids were incarcerated in prison and stuff like that, where there's like, like it's a really hard place to start from versus, you know, I'm, I make six figures in my business and I want to make seven, right? Or I'm in seven, I want to make eight. That it's those are small little incremental ones. Otherwise, it's a it's a huge like lifelong mission, and it can be a little demoralizing too, right? Where you take on somebody, you invest a bunch of time and a bunch of effort. And I've had this in the past where I've tried to coach people that didn't want to be coached, right? They maybe they said they didn't want they want to, but then I, I invested so much time and so much energy and so much things that like they were constantly playing the victim game of like why, you know, I wish everybody else would change but myself, right? And I just after time I was like I can't I can't do it. I'm good. I wish you the best. I hope you find someone else. So I do agree with you, but I'm always curious. I'm always trying yeah. to understand because there is, there's some sort of magic buttons that you can push in somebody's brain that they go from, I'm an obese person to I'm an incredibly fit person. And these are my new standards. 
Yeah. I just now, I don't always understand how to do that. Now I will say this. Um, that's not where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. But I, what I have experienced and what I have observed. So one of the interesting experiences is in college, I joined a fraternity and there's definitely a pledge process. And what was interesting is to watch how, you know, people would shift their identity into being this member of this organization. And all of a sudden, you know, there would be this stereotype. And all of a sudden you see somebody who before they were just like, you know, had their own like identity. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, Matthew the Kappa. And it's almost like you can't help but like take some some of that identity on as your own, even though it's kind of like, you know, funny. It's like laughable. But as long as you believe and you operate as if, people will take you at face value. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just using that as one example, like, you know, how when people join a gang, they take on that identity. When they join a team, they take on that, you know, standard of that team. Um, those are some of the things that I, I see holding true in experiences that I've had over life. And like mm-hmm. I said, while that's not my job now where I'm going to go try to take on the, you know, the one who wants to become a 10. And again, I think a lot of it is just learning, like having the habit of being consistent. Like, man, how many times, you know, do we find ourselves wanting something, but then we look back at the habit of consistency and going, man, I'm not even being consistent with that outcome. Like, but the the difference is that, you know, we have that awareness. The difference is we've had that experience at some point or another. Yet some people will never connect the dots and say, like, I've got a habit of being inconsistent or I have a habit that's creating this result here. And instead of you know complaining about the outcome, man, they won't look deeper and really complain about how do I change this habit? So mm-hmm. um, while I like I said, while that's not my focus right now. Um, and I, I mean, I have a lot of enjoyment. I think there's a lot of people that I'm able to help out that are massively successful in their own right. But still, there's that little voice in their head. And that's not something that's foreign. You know, that's not something that's just unique to them. That little voice exists inside of my head. That voice has existed inside of my head my whole life. So just getting, again, the ability to give them comfort and open up to have that conversation and tell me what that little voice is saying. That's when, you know, I can really tap into the bigger version of them and say, all right, like, what do you really think about that little voice? Like, and get them to kind of just get fired up and kind of, you know, compete, you know, yeah. and say like, oh yeah, you know, fuck that shit. Like, let's do this. You know, um, I think that that's come from just a long experience of playing basketball. That's kind of where I, I see like my history of going back to being on teams where I had to figure out a way to win. I couldn't do it by myself. So I had to find like tap into my teammates many of who in certain situations didn't have the same hunger or the fire or desire that I did because they didn't have to, you know, basketball for me was how I was going to pay for college. My teammates, mm, they didn't have to have that be their vehicle or mechanism to pay for college, or maybe they didn't think they could. So that's where I think a lot of my ability comes from. And so while I might, you know, talk about what I do, a lot of it is still probably um, instinctual from just being, you know, on that basketball court and realizing like, look, we got to win this game and I need to get somebody who might not think they can, you know, hit a certain shot to get confident enough to hit that shot and just going out there and figuring out a way to make that happen. Yeah. There's something about being on a team and operating at an elite level that kind of changes your paradigm, that changes your mindset, that changes your ability to 
draw from when you need to be in a situation that you say, okay, this feels like a no-win situation. I'm going to figure out a way to survive this. I'm going to figure out a way to level up. I'm going to figure out how do I need to change in order to get the result that I want. There's like a certain level of energy when you, because I've been around high, like high level teams and work together where the the standards go way up, which changes what's possible in your mind. If you've never been a part of that high competition, high standard things, you don't really know what you can pull on and that, and how to, and how to leverage the group to get to where you want to go. Um, with yeah. what you're doing, I feel like you, you bring a lot of the energy from the elite, uh, you know, sports playing world and into the coaching and all that fun stuff. What is your Holy grail doing all this stuff, doing all the coaching, everything else. What's your flag in this hand? Is there something you hope to achieve by all of your efforts by, by being a, a coach in the space? Yeah. So I would say my Holy grail is basically I'm building out like my models inside of my existing clients business right now to basically start buying interest in these businesses so when i got started in business my, my first big wins were in real estate i was buying and i was renovating properties and to me that was the coolest thing in the world especially given my circumstances at the time i didn't have money i didn't have credit i didn't know how to do anything with real estate all of a sudden you know within a year or two of going out telling people i was gonna become a real estate investor which you know I had to think leave some people kind of like dumbfounded like all right yeah <laughs> yeah you're gonna be a real estate investor going from that state to actually doing that like buying properties renovating properties getting people you know raising over six hundred thousand dollars um i have now started realizing that from the beginning my desire was creating freedom like i didn't love real estate i love what i was creating for myself when i was buying these properties now i realize that the same thing exists for people in business a lot of people are in business because they want to create freedom. The challenges are, though, you get stuck working in the business. So for me, um, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to partner with people. So right now I'm partnering as their coach, but ultimately I want to become the actual equity partner in these businesses and these companies. I want to help founders to become free, create freedom. I want to take these models of what I'm implementing inside of these businesses, these uh, frames and infrastructures that are helping businesses be successful. And I, I really want to create the ability to educate and empower people for financial literacy and, you know, business and entrepreneurship. And I would say um, as a result of that, I want to definitely do a lot more to give back inside of, you know, my community. So growing up kind of being poor, growing up in a predominantly black community, I would say that would be the end result is that I've been able to successfully go in um, help businesses go from, you know, six figures, seven figures to eight figures and take those exact same models and begin to teach those to people who were in very hopeless situations, probably like what you're describing. But, you know, for me, there's still a level of, you know, I almost want to be in a position where I could just devote unlimited time and unlimited resources to it and not have to worry about whether somebody succeeds or not. I would say right now in my business, like I take a very um, I take I take a stakeholder position in someone's business. So whether you look at me as your coach or not, like I'm pretty much your, your partner. So mm -hmm. you can't really buy that from a coach. But for me, that's just the, the type of you know identity that I have. Like if you win, I win. If you fail, I fail. Um, that was my approach on the basketball court. That's kind of my approach and how I do this. And right now, my coaching clients now are kind of like my flagship case studies for me building out my frameworks 
but ultimately from here on out, it'll be kind of like, you know, my investment structure. So just like I was renovating houses, I would go in and take a house that boy, if I went in there, all right, this needs a new bathroom, this needs a new kitchen. Um, we had a pretty strategic formula and framework of how we would renovate that house to get the most value without over improving it. I'm looking at going and installing that in businesses mm. with partners and you know creating that same freedom inside of a business yeah you know and equity stakes inside of the businesses and then really the ability is freedom freedom for yourself and then provide freedom and opportunities to other people in this your neighborhoods where you kind of grew up from and I think it's awesome. The, the challenge with the nonprofits, right, is that there's no money in it, right? Which is very hard because in order to create opportunity for people that are struggling, really opportunity, they need to have some sort of financial path, ability to get them from where they're at to where they want to go. And so I, I, I love the idea of going into in the direction of making successful businesses and partnering equity and then giving back to the community. It, it's very difficult to try to do the community route and give back to the community when you, you can't fill up someone else's cup when your cup's not full yourself. And it's a big mm -hmm. challenge. So for you, knowing that that's the path in which you're going towards, what is your dragon? What is the thing you're hoping like, that is so big that you may not be able to overcome it? What's the dragon for you? Give me, give me a little bit more clarity because I'm, I'm. So if your goal is to build equity partnerships inside of these businesses and, and a mass a massive wealth. Right, so that you can create freedom for yourself and then provide opportunity and incentive for nonprofits inside of your community. What is the dragon for you to achieve? That's the holy grail. What is the thing that's super difficult for you to get past in order to make that possible? Hmm. I think that uh, the biggest dragon is me. <laughs> um, it would just be my inability to, you know, stay the course and execute the plan. And I would say part of that inside of each one of us is being patient with the process. You know, we have an idea in our head, like, all right, this is my 12 month goal. This is what I want to achieve in 12 months. And we almost, you know, if we don't hit that goal, we want to describe that as a failure. Um, and sometimes it feels like a failure. In fact, I've gone through countless periods where I didn't hit my intended target and it felt like I failed. But here's the thing, when I reshift my frame and focus and realize that, like, how is this happening for me? How is what just happened an opportunity? That's where it allows me to, you know, take the wins, take the lessons that I learned and keep moving forward. And sadly, there were definitely time periods for me, like I described earlier, you know, getting in those elevators, going to the you know courtroom, getting served with lawsuit paper, all those moments. I didn't quite feel this was happening for me in those moments. But again, because I went through those situations, because I've made it through those situations, um, it's given me the, the ability to, you know, reshift and refocus. And so I would say, you know, the dragon would be myself and my mm -hmm. inability to find the opportunity in a tough or difficult situation that may, you know, on the outside look like a failure. And outside of that, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm trying to think out loud and just like think dragons, dragons, dragons. Um, but yeah, like I actually get excited. I feel as if these quote unquote dragons are there for us. They are there mm -hmm. to shape us. They are there to mold us. And what they're revealing is, you know, one, one of the things I say every morning, I have a vision statement that, and then part of that vision statement, I have a prayer. 
And the prayer is, you know, God, I give you praise and thanks for bringing me the welcome and unwelcome circumstances and people in my life to shape me and help to reveal your purpose, vision, mission, calling and assignment in my life. So what I'm able to do is take my focus off of just merely the outcome and really ask myself, like, how is this moment shaping me? How is this helping to reveal my purpose? You know, God's purpose for me, vision and calling and assignment in my life. And when I begin to shift and look at it that way, like there is no such thing as winning and losing. There's only winning and, and learning. There's the wins and then there's the lessons. And from that, I'm able to take away like, all right, I didn't imagine this was what I was supposed to get from this situation. But you know what? I'm going to take it because I don't see it as something that's, you know, happening to me. I see it as something that's happening for me. And then how do we take that lesson and turn that lesson into a blessing is when I can sit here on a show with someone like yourself and I can share these experiences when I can create frameworks inside of businesses that show people how to go from being a slave to their business to gaining freedom in their business. Like that's the opportunity to take all the difficult, hard blood, sweat and tear lessons and turn them into the blessings that become freedom for other people. And so when I think about the dragon, I think of the dragon as like, Hey, the dragon's my friend. Like if anything, like, I'm looking forward to the dragon because I'll be looking back and be thanking the dragon like, man, I enjoyed it. And part of what I hear, too, when you say that is um, my best competitors, my best competitors in basketball were the people that made me the best player that I could be. So I think of this dragon as that. So now, again, maybe that doesn't answer your question exactly. How no, it answers it. It's beautiful. And you're right. The dragon's an internal thing for I mean, for you. And that makes a ton of sense. And the people that are the most challenging, the, the, the toughest dragons are the ones that you fight are the ones that make you a better version of yourself. And so the harder the dragon, the better the you, which is, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. Um, Matthew, this is incredible. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? What I would say um, to anyone is, man, to any problem that you think you have, there is always a solution. I would say, from there, begin to start asking yourself, like, uh, when you find yourself in those difficult moments, like, how is this an opportunity? And really allow yourself to sit with that, you know, frame and that focus and just be amazed, um, you know, what comes forth for you. Um, and I would lastly say, you know, giving yourself space and time every day to find gratitude in things in your life is really that is really that opportunity I think most people miss out on. So whatever you're doing, find time and find space every day to find the things that you're grateful for. And I think it's in that type of reflective moment that you can begin to see more and more how these things that seem so difficult and almost impossible to overcome are really opportunities in disguise. So that's my final message. Love it. And if people want to get a hold of you, Matthew, how do they do that? I'm going to have them reach out to me by email. My email is Matthew at winwithmatthew.com. Matthew at winwithmatthew.com. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insights. And I appreciate you showing up to the podcast. And much love, sir. I'll see you on the other side. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Take care now. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are.
Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.